Hello, and welcome back to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. I'm your host, Joe Healy, joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Mark Etheridge, who is gamely fighting through being a little bit under the weather. This is his Jordan flu game we're going through right now, these previews. But uh, we are continuing our team. Yeah, for those who did not see the video, Mark just showed us a, a picture-perfect jump shot, I would say. Yeah, back um, in the day, buddy. No notes. No notes there. <laughs> we, we are continuing our team preview series of podcasts. We already have Alabama, Arkansas, and Auburn uh, released. Today, we're going to talk about the Florida Gators. A lot to talk about there. Excellent team. Again, our highest-ranked SEC team. Um, although let's be honest, there's so many teams jumbled up mm-hmm. in the SEC in that space that like, who knows, but certainly uh, a defensible choice to have them the highest ranked SEC club. So we will jump into everything Florida Gators here in a second. But first, I have to let you know that this episode of Highway to Hoover and every episode of Highway to Hoover is brought to you by PitchLogic, the system used by players, coaches, scouts and instructors at all levels of play from youth leagues to the big leagues. The easy to use and affordable technology makes the platform accessible to every player at every level. All the metrics and features used at the highest level. See pitchlogic.com for more information. Uh, Mark, first of all, scale of one to 10, how you feeling? Just so we can set a baseline. Uh, maybe a four. Okay. I mean, yeah, we're it's, really. <laughs> it's, it's not great, but it's, yeah. it's not a one. So I'm, I'm, yeah, that's good. I'm gamely putting my, putting my game face on and going to work. Yeah, four feels like the bare minimum number it would have required for us to hit record today. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh but yeah, so I mean maybe we'll talk about some baseball and, and maybe that'll maybe that'll yeah. help uh, help you feel a little bit better. And certainly a lot to talk about with Florida, a team that last year went fifty-four and seventeen overall, twenty and ten in the SEC regular season, and then came one game away from a national title, obviously losing mm-hmm. deciding third game in Omaha to LSU, another all SEC final there. And on paper, at least, I mean, look, some losses, obviously, uh, shout out Wyatt Langford, um, chief, chief among them, but, uh, but a team that again, looks like it has national title upside, Mark. I agree. I mean, I I think, I think a lot of it's going to come down to how, you know, losing Brandon Spro, losing Hurston Waldrop, uh, how that rotation solidifies, but they've got candidates. I mean, they, 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 I mean, it looks like this is going to be a really good rotation right you lose two elite pro prospects and you're going to have you know potentially an equally good rotation this year uh it, it's certainly there um you know Cade Fisher moving in as the Friday guy maybe not your traditional Florida Friday guy and that he's not going to throw you know 99 but he's you know he's left-handed and he he commands the ball and I think he's you know, he, his pitchability is is high, and he competes well. And, and I think he's going to give them a chance on Friday. Um, and then on Saturday, the, the freshman that we're all excited about, Liam Liam Peterson. I think he's a, you know, he's a future star, right? And he may end up. I mean, he and Fisher could flip flop. You know, as the season goes on, you never know. And then you're looking at on Sunday, you got Caglione, and I do think that. If he has improved, like he looked this fall, where you know when I saw him, he was throwing strike after strike. Um, if he throws strikes, I mean that was his deal last year. Nobody hit him. Uh, he just he just didn't throw enough across the plate. And and if he's doing that, that really changes them and it elevates, you know that that pitching staff to to one of the best in the country. 
and he's going to throw on Sunday. And you might think, well, if he's that good, why is he throwing on Sunday? Well, he plays first base. You might have might have noticed, and they don't want to mess that up, right, for the, for the weekend. So he's going to, you know, until further notice, they, they like to keep him on Sunday. And then, you know, then you've got his – got him in the field. He's a good defensive first baseman. And then, you know, and then after that, you know, you have Brandon Neely. So if one of those guys falters, Neely, who was a closer last year, is, I mean, he's profiles as a starter at the next level. Um, but he's also, you know, he, he, he could remain as the closer, give you a multi-inning guy there. Or if you need him, uh, he can come in and start for you too. So um, that, that's, you know, a, a big reason why a lot of us are so bullish on Florida. We hadn't talked offense yet, and we will. But but I think just because of, um, you, you know, Florida's going to have the edge most Sundays, I would think, on the mound. And they're going to be pretty close to even the other two days. So I, I really like where they are from a pitching standpoint. Yeah, hard not to. I mean, there's a couple of things there. One is just the idea that, Brandon Neely, they don't need him to start, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all kind of came out of last season thinking he's going to be in the rotation next year and taking that as fact. And, and, and I, I understandably so, but I mean, he's so good in the bullpen last year. Then the numbers don't actually totally capture how good he was. Like if you look at his ERA, I think it's, I mean, it's three, six, eight or something, you know, just something mm-hmm. similar. So you're like, okay, but he was really, really good down the stretch. And, you know, I, I think it's just one of those deals where it's like, is the drop-off between Neely and whoever else is going to close for them bigger than the drop-off between Neely as a starter and whoever else they could put in the rotation? And the calculus was such that, well, we think Liam Peterson is actually going to be able to be as good or better in the rotation. And then we get Neely at the at the back end. So, um mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's an embarrassment of riches on the mound from a freshman standpoint too. I mean, yeah. Liam Peterson is the is is the main guy there, but you know, Luke McNeely uh, will probably also have some sort of role. It's whether it's a midweek guy or or as a reliever, whatever it is. They lost Christian Rodriguez, who was a guy they liked a lot. Was just a winner. Like his stuff was not as good as a lot of the other guys they had in this class. But he's just they, they just describe him as a winner and a guy they liked just kind of his demeanor and the way he carries himself, but he uh, is lost for the season to Tommy Johns. So that's one fewer piece, but I mean, you can go back and look at the fall report that I wrote about Florida. Mark and I kind of tag teamed it. Um, that fall report kind of goes through all of the freshman arms they have, and it's just incredible. I mean, some of those guys are just going to probably end up in the portal because they're not going to have enough innings, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a good problem to have, but but they certainly have a, have a lot of options, options out there. Um, offensively, uh, I think the most interesting thing to me, and, and I'll defer to you a little bit on this, Mark, because you, you know, you saw Florida in a different setting than I did. I was there for mm-hmm. the fall world series and you know, those things can kind of be a little bit, not as intense. You saw them for an actual exhibition against Georgia. Obviously the intensity going to be a lot higher for something like that. And, and you were the first person I really heard talking about Colby Shelton as a, as a shortstop. And so uh, tell me a little bit about what you heard about that and then why, why you are kind of bullish about it going into the season. Well, when I first got the news that he was going to Florida, you know, he's a Florida kid that, that wasn't particularly surprising. Um, But then when the, then when I heard he's going to play shortstop, I'm thinking, are we talking about the same guy? 
because I mean the body type didn't scream shortstop, and and certainly he he was you know he had his issues playing third at Alabama last year. So I'm going in pretty dubious of the whole thing. And then, you know, you, you get down there and you don't really think about it. And then you see this kid out there in warmups playing shortstop. And wait, that's Shelton? And he's totally transformed his body. He's a lot leaner and he, he looks like an athlete now. Where last year, I mean, you know, you don't, you know, we aren't selling jeans here. You don't have to, to look the part to be a great hitter. But you, to play shortstop, you've got to have a certain minimum level of athleticism. And he showed it. So that was surprising to me, uh, just how much and how hard he obviously worked and the dedication to, to, to be able to play shortstop, at least physically, at this level. And just talking to Sully, I mean, he's, he's making all the plays, right? He's able to, to cover more ground, you know, than he, uh, cover enough ground, we'll say, to, to play shortstop in the SEC. And he's not throwing the ball away. He's, he's making, making all the routine plays. And with his bat, I mean, he hit 25 home runs as a true freshman in the SEC. Um, he can hit, okay? So you would suspect he's even going to be better in his second year than he was as he's figuring things out going, going into the SEC for the first time. So this is an elite-level hitter, and now he's at a premium position. Now, whether he sticks there at the next level, who knows, right? But, but, but I do think that, um, all indications are he's going to be an SEC shortstop for Florida this year, and he's going to play it well enough to stick. And that just, I mean, that really helps their lineup because, you know, you got Kate Curlin at second. You've got, you know, was it uh, Dale Thomas at, at third, who was one of the false, false stars, according to Sully, just really played well. Um, you know, he's, he's anticipating like a breakout type of year for him. And, and then, you know, and then all the other guys that you know about, you know, the returning, just like, like Cags and, and uh, Luke Heyman, you know, the catcher behind the plate. And then all these outfielders, remember, remember Ty Evans? What, what was he doing the last time we watched him, right? He's hitting home runs and hitting rockets all over the place in Omaha. So I, I do think that, you know, if shortstop is solved, which it appears it is, that was their hole. And, you know, if, if he hand if he picks it enough, you know he's going to hit. If he picks it enough, and all indications are he will. I mean, that Florida is, uh, you know, they they got they got to be one of the teams to beat nationally. It's almost like with with Shelton, it's almost like they came up with that idea before the roster was totally set. Because, you know, no disrespect to, to Dale Thomas, who is a good player, but there's a scenario where they end up with Billy Amick as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Florida was a team that. I heard associated with Billy Amick's recruitment out of the portal. Obviously he ends up at Tennessee, but in that scenario, you would have kind of had to move Colby Shelton to shortstop because you certainly mm-hmm. weren't going to put Amick there because as, mm-hmm. as much concern as you had about Shelton as a third baseman yeah. last year, Amick was that times two or three X maybe. Um, although I kind of liked what I saw from Amick in the fall, but we'll talk about that when we get to Tennessee. But in that scenario, they would have had to move him to shortstop or do something, or, right? And yeah, or DH. Right. So it's yeah. it's almost like they just kind of like had the idea, and then they're like, you know, let's just let's just try it regardless, right? Because frankly, also, if they had done that, then they have a shortstop problem, as you allude to. If you leave mm-hmm. him at third, it's like, well, can Dale Thomas play short? Like, well, maybe not. And then could Armando Albert and FAU transfer play shortstop? Like, maybe, mm-hmm. but how much is he going to hit anyway? So. 
it, it does kind of solve some issues for them if Dale Thomas is improved and Shelton can, can play short. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. You mentioned the outfield, and, and I'm kind of fascinated by that unit um, because they, they do have options there. Um, but if you're going to nitpick their team, I mean, this is this is where I think you could maybe do that a little bit because mm-hmm. you've got Tyler Sheldon in left field who I really like his bat. I think he was probably better last year than his numbers would lead you to believe, but he's not really a natural outfielder. Um, I mean, he's in the right spot and left, but that's he's just not the, the, the smoothest outfielder. Um, you've got Michael Robertson in center who – to this point is more of an athlete than he is a baseball player. I think that's fair to say plus runner, very, very good athlete, makes some dynamic plays in center field, but um, has, has historically struggled at the plate. Um, You know, he's not a guy who's going to impact the baseball very much. You know, he needs to get on base to have an impact offensively because his, you know, once he gets on base, he can, he'd really be dangerous, but he's got to get there first. And then, you know, you're in right field. You do have Ty Evans who look, I mean, if he picks up where he left off in Omaha, like maybe we have a budding superstar on our hands, but, but that's a pretty small sample. And leading up to last year in Omaha, like he had kind of struggled. And then, then you have Brody, Brody Donay, who catcher by trade, who just really frankly lost out on that competition um, to Luke Heyman. And so he's got a good arm in right field. um, But again, he's not a natural outfielder. So, that outfield has a lot of interesting, talented pieces, but also some question marks. Like I, you know, there, there's a really high ceiling here because there's a lot of good athletes. There's a, you know, they've got a couple of, of power bats, but, um, you know, there's, there's enough question there to where you wonder like, what is the outfield configuration going to look like on May 20th versus what we see run out there on February 16th? Because I, I do mm-hmm. think that's a situation where we could see, a lot of different iterations for them. Right. When, when you mentioned Robertson, I mean, I have the same concerns, right. And Sully and I were having a conversation about, you know, just, we're just kind of going around the infield or not. And then we go to the outfield and we get to the, get to center and saying, well, you know, you, you got a great athlete out there, but it's a pity. He's, you know, he just can't get on base for you. And he's like, Whoa, what were you talking about? He was our leading hitter this fall. And I'm like, is this is this is the same guy? So he obviously had a really good fall. I'm talking about Robertson. So if if he is able to come through, you know, we talked about maybe shortstop could have been a a, a positional issue, but Shelton stepped in. I think leadoff is a gap in their lineup, right? There's not a true leadoff man unless you're going to go with you know the the Kyle Schwarber approach, right, and just have a have a thumper there. Uh, but if Robertson is, you know, if he has kind of figured it out offensively and can, can be a weapon and get on base with that kind of speed. Yeah. He solves that, you know, that, that lineup, that leadoff man thing too. So again, it's fall. A lot, a lot of guys are fall all Americans and, and they aren't so much in the spring, but it is encouraging. And if I'm a Florida fan and I'm thinking, well, you know, he's only going to give me, you know, speed or he's only going to, you know, give me, you know, base running. Right. Um, maybe not. So so that is, you know, I, I'm optimistic uh, going in that, that he's going to be able to give you more than that. I do think that with Donay, uh, as much power as, as, as he has, it's sort of raw power at this point. Um, 
but I mean, he's going to miss hit some home runs. He's, he's one of those cats. So he, I think he's going to play somewhere, you know, and he probably, you know, in a three game series, he might play three positions. And, and I do think that because of that, he's going to be able to, uh, to help in various ways. And, and I mean, he might be the guy who hits behind CAGs, which is a very important spot too. you know, having that lineup production. Cause the last thing you want is, is teams to just take the bat out of his hands. Yeah. The donate strikes me as the type of guy. Cause you know, last year at Virginia tech, he, he wasn't a full-time guy all year, but he hit 12 home runs and mm-hmm. that was only in like half a season's at bat. So he was at like 20 plus home run pace if he'd played a full season, but he hit 260. And so he does strike me as the kind of guy that you might look up at the end of the year and he's hitting, you know, with the SEC pitching being a little bit better. I mean, he's hitting 235, but he's hit mm-hmm. 18 home runs, you know, because yeah. he, he just runs into a ball and that guy can be valuable, you know, um, if, if, especially if he's drawing some walks and, and stuff like that. And my last thought on Robertson in the outfield is that for Florida's sake, you know, they obviously hope that's true, but for Robertson to hold on to that job, like that strikes me as he's going to have to hit a little more because yeah. the thing about it is they got if he doesn't, <laughs> they've got Jalen guy mm-hmm. who has a lot of the same issues as Robertson right. historically, like a light bat, not going to impact the baseball, but for my money, he's a better, he's a more polished defensive center fielder mm-hmm. than Robertson is. And so like if, if Robertson's not going to hit, you may just rather have guy in there yeah. and save Robertson as a late inning pinch runner type guy. Um, right. Or you put him in late in the game in left, in left. field to, just yeah. to give you a range of your outfield. Um, so yeah, he's going to have to hit, I think, to to hold on to that that everyday spot, especially in, in mm-hmm. center field there. So yeah, it's we will one, certainly... of the, one of the one of the best storylines for for Florida this spring. Yeah, I think that's right. And you know, the fact that we're sitting here nitpicking that tells you just how good we think <laughs> Florida could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because we're talking about relative small potatoes versus a lot of other teams where we're, you know, have, have a lot more serious yeah. concerns. So that's, you yeah. know, that's life at the top of the league. Yeah. You're not worrying about who's going to pitch Friday and who's going to hit yeah, three hole. Right. Not I so mean, much. These are not different. So much. These are uh, different kinds of issues. Different level. Yeah, no doubt. That is going to do it for this edition of the Highway to Hoover podcast, a production of SEC Extra over at D1Baseball.com. We are continuing our team preview episodes. This was the fourth. So if you have not listened to Alabama, Arkansas, or Auburn, please go back and do those. If if you're a Florida fan just listening to this one, uh, thank you for listening. But we would urge you to kind of stick around and get to know your enemies a little bit. We're going to do one episode for all 14 SEC clubs before opening day. So uh, if you don't mind, please stick around. We'd be we'd be humbled if you would make that decision. Uh, I don't ask you guys to rate or review things enough around here. Um, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know how that helps us. I don't know how it works, but I'm told it's it's very helpful. So whatever your podcast app of choice is, uh, you know, give it give us the highest rating they would that uh, they allow you to to give there. I would say give us an honest rating, but if mm. you're going to give us a bad rating, just shut up about it. We know our audience. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So please, good ratings. If you're going to you do guys it. are smart not, asses. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're going to give us a bad rating, just send me an email. Yeah. Okay? Um, <laughs> we, we see our anyway. Twitter mentions. <laughs> that's right. Um, all right. So that's going to be an episode. Thank you for listening. As always, Mark, thank you for joining me. Thank you to Pitch Logic for sponsoring this and every episode of Highway to Hoover. We'll talk to you all soon. The Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.